Hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the Spider-Ham, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I forgot that I hadn't done laundry, so today I am pantsless in addition oh, to God. my shirt. Oh, God! Please don't stand up. <laughs> I, have, I have boxes on. On this week's episode, we obviously cover the Far From Home trailer along with some other teasers, check in on what we're watching, I struggle with a TV antenna, along with other assorted news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, first, I'd just like to comment on the fact that that was a remarkably synchronous cracking of the it was by, by us. That was um, um, amongst our best work with just, just syncing up the perfect timing of the snaps. Our souls were one. <laughs> yes. Um, so we have the glorious return of Jack's Abbey, Craft Loggers. Uh, this is Jack's Abbey Smoke and Dagger. It's a black lager. Uh, it's a re- original gravity is 14 Play-Doh. It's 5.6% alcohol by volume. There are 25 IBUs. It is unfiltered and unpasteurized. It's cloaked in mystery. <laughs> it is black as night. <laughs> as well it should be. Uh, Smoke and Dagger. This black lager is brewed with traditional old-world ingredients and cutting-edge lagering techniques. The perfect balance between old and new. I like how they turned lager into a verb there. Uh, it is a verb. Is it a thing? Isn't it lager a noun? L- 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 the lagering technique is what it is that makes a beer uh, okay. a lager. Um, the the name of the beer is taken from the verb that they use to make the beer. Beautiful. Uh, so actually, yes, it's not a noun that was made a verb. It was actually a verb that was made a noun. Huh, I appreciate that. Well, the more, the you, more you know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's weird. Okay, <laughs> uh, cheers. Wait. Uh, wait. Let me get a glass. I found one. Cheers. That was terrible. Oh my. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jack's Abbey. Jax, you never you never disappoint us. Here's the thing. If they wanted to go into some form of partnership, where all we did was, was if Jack- it was Jack's Abbey and a six. <laughs> no, flicks I would flicks into Jack's Abbey. Because <laughs> no, you just made it a beer and Jack- a six of beer. I, that's how much I want to drink it. <laughs> yeah, um, this without being able to do a really full official inventory of all the beers of theirs we've done, uh, this might be my favorite. This was. This is, this is and outrageous. Every one of them, like the the their least good of theirs was still quite good, just like fairly routine. There was the one that was like the blonde lager. I yes. think that was like yep. it was yep. like yep. it was it was good, but it was made to be a very basic generic type mm-hmm. of beer and they executed that very well. This is a delight. Oh, and I don't yeah. say that with any bit of sarcasm or irony. You it just hit your tongue. Coincidental. Um Anytime somebody says something is a delight, I'm going to have trust issues. <laughs> For more on that, go listen to our Phantom Thread episode. <laughs> um, the smokiness, I like. Yes. Um, I have to say, I have not had a ton of smoked beers. Um, I've had a couple that my brother has gotten. He likes to get those like smoked like German lagers, which sure. you know are not un- uh, not much different from this one. Um, in some ways. I would say it's nice because it's definitely there and identifiable, but it's not overwhelming. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't taste burnt in any way. No. Because sometimes you get that burnt, acrid 
like flavor and like the aftertaste that sits on the tongue and it's actually very silky it's like liquid smoke feel to the, <laughs> to the to the beer um yeah because like i've even though i enjoy it like have you ever had lafroig uh a whiskey the name sounds familiar i probably have did we have it that night <laughs> we definitely had it at whiskey live okay um that one was one it in the special I, room yes i think so okay then um, i think i remember it I mean, there's obviously a bunch of different varieties of that whiskey, um, but um, I had one that I, the only time I've had it other than that night, I bought a bottle for my dad for his birthday or something, and um, we tried that, and it was like taking a puff of a big cigar and then downing a shot right behind it and having both sitting in your mouth at the same time, hmm. um, which... I ended up really liking it. It was just very overwhelming right. in the moment. Not, like, I can I imagine. To, I knew it was supposed to be on the smokier side of the spectrum, but I didn't know it was going to be that. Right. Um, and this isn't that, um, for better or worse, and I, I wouldn't say it's either. Um, but I really like this beer. It's, it's really good. It's very dark, but it's very well balanced. It's not runaway bitter or burnt tasting. Like This is a very, if you like dark beers, this is the beer for you. Yeah, this is this is quite nice, uh, man. They are just they knock it out of the park. Yeah, this is very rapidly probably made into my top five breweries. Yeah, it, I mean, if, if not top three, I it's, a, to it's up there for me for sure. I've never I, we did our list on the spinchoon dot com mm. uh, about our top three favorite beers, individual beers. Probably need to revisit uh, that. Yes, um, we. I have not given a lot of thought specifically into overall breweries. Um, mm. Obviously, Newburgh would be up there. Um, Dogfish Head would probably be up there. Um, and then after that, you know, like there's after that, I feel like there's not a lot of breweries where like I've had a big arrangement of all their different beers. It's always right. like one or two, one or two, like that. I would like I would just jump to think of ones that oh like. That one beer is one of my favorites. You know what I mean? Like, um, like the Alchemist would probably make it, even though I've really only had two. Sure. Actually, I guess I've had probably three of their beers. Uh, but they're kind of, those IPAs are all kind of, to a certain extent, similar. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, because they're fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I guess Alchemist would probably make it in the top five. And then, actually, Maui Brewing Company, cause I've, just because I've had a bunch of them when I was in Hawaii a couple okay. years ago. Um, and they're really good. Nice. And you can find, like, their their main ones here but when i was over there i had a bunch of their specialty ones that like they don't can and sell like mm-hmm. they just sell in the tap room um all of the stuff there was really good and like the like the coconut porter i think we might have done on the show i can't remember i know i brought some or bought some when i was here right after i got back that is really good um yeah so i think jack's happy might make it as number five then i, I think awesome. that was four four i just listed what about you? Anything? Anything? Uh, yeah. So uh, this is on there for me. I don't. I'm not going to give you a specific order, but this is on no, there. That wasn't necessarily an order. Yeah. Just order I thought of them. Jack's Abbey, Newburgh, uh, Magnify, uh, which is very high up. Uh, that's right. I know you like for that. me. Um, ah, wow. I am blinking. Uh, Cypress, which is a local one. They're very small, but they've won me over. The last few times I went there, I sampled like everything and loved everything <laughs> yeah. and um hang on there's the name of one that i can't remember and i'm gonna roll away into the distance can you hear me um, yes well i was gonna i was gonna talk while you were rolling yes. um so give you an opportunity to concentrate what you're doing 
Uh, uh, I was just thinking, you know, some more. I realized that I probably neglected Stone. That that would have to probably kick out one of those top five I just mentioned. Stone is pretty good as well. I don't have it on me. That's unfortunate. I thought I had one. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's delicious. And I will have to, I'll have to circle back with you next week when I okay. figure out the name of it. But it's one of the ones that uh, my neighbor gives me that... Is just oh, wonderful. is it Treehouse? That's the one. Treehouse. <laughs> I was just going to mention them because I've only had one of them, mm. but I have two other ones in my fridge, and I was just talking with one of my cousins. Which ones do you, uh, ha do you have in your fridge? I can find a picture of them. Okay. Because I sent a picture. My cousin told me that someone, he had someone like your neighbor who, like, brought him a bunch of different beers. Good man. And, and he um, he said, he goes, one, like, one of my favorite beers I've drank in quite some time was from this place, Treehouse. He goes, have you ever heard of it? And I was like, I, I have. It's really good. <laughs> he goes, um, the ones that I have are Haze mm -hmm. and Bright. Okay. I think I've actually had both of those. Um, yeah, I mean, they cool-looking cans, too. What color um, are the cans? They're both purple. One of them yeah. is, like, completely purple, and the other one is purple with a bunch of other colors on yeah. it. I had the one that's completely purple, for sure. Um, but they that, also that, do, like, variants cool. of it, so sometimes I feel like the label... I not, could be wrong about this, but I believe sometimes the label color is the same, but there's something, diff like, slightly different about it. But, um, yeah, those everything that I've had from them, I've, I've liked. Ex with the exception of one, um, I don't remember the name of it. I think I logged it in my untapped, but it was, it was by far better than a lot of beer that I've had, but it just okay. wasn't up to par with the rest of the ones I've had from them. And I was just mm. like, well, that's a disappointment. <laughs> but the can will be wins. We're not all Jack Savvy. No. That's what I'm saying. I like how they stick to their theme. It's not like one of them. I think one of the Jack Savvy we did was, it was the blood orange wheat was like mm -hmm. different than the rest of them. The can? Yes. Yeah. I love how they stick to one theme and change up the colors and the design and stuff like that. But like they all work. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a fan of this one. It's fairly simple, but oh, it's it just so good. Every time I look back at my glass and realize I have more, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> it's wonderful. I'm going to be very upset when I'm done with this. Right, for sure. Is this the, did you have one before this? Uh, have you no, had this beer um, before? Uh, I think you know Dominic might have already drank it actually. Because I, 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 I saw he had a couple. Well, I saw he had a couple because I bought this was a four or six pack, and he had a couple of beers in there that were in four packs. And I said, if you give me a couple of those, um, I will swap you a couple of these. Nice. So oh, I think he may trip. have tried it before now, but this is the first time I'm actually drinking it. Awesome. Very good. Well done, Al. Great choice. I am so glad Jack Zappy is back. Our first story that I would like to dive into is one that dropped this morning, and that is the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. The synergy could not be any more perfect. Oh, it's so good. It's like, well, this is perfect for tonight. Great. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man. We have two topics for the show. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this was entertaining as hell because, one, I loved Homecoming. Two, uh, they've kept some stuff pretty tightly under wraps and also i haven't been going out of my way to find too much info on this just figuring i'd wait until i see the trailer mm -hmm. uh so there were some surprises in there to me yeah what what Na such namely, as? namely uh that nick fury and the back of maria hill's head were in it mm -hmm. i was not aware that they were going to be in this movie i can't say that i'm not surprised like, it makes sense that they would be in it i just i feel like i may be missing the announcement somewhere? Yeah. I uh, I was I sent the the link to my buddy Damien and his first question was, Do I have to be he hadn't seen Endgame yet and he's like, Do I have to be concerned with any ah. spoilers? And I was like Well no one's seen Endgame yet. Oh sorry. Um 
Infinity you know, War. Infinity War. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, so here's the thing. We were discussing that. Uh, I was incorrect. Apparently, Kevin Feige has confirmed this is taking place at an as of yet undisclosed period of time after Endgame or after, after. Infinity, or after Infinity War. Um, I guess I'm not entirely sure, but I was incorrect. This is not before, even though it looked a lot like it might be the case. Okay. Um, though I did notice one thing. Someone uh, found something curious. They've already. I don't understand. Like usually, this is something that happens over the course of the next week, not like four hours after the trailer comes out. Someone snapped a still of the sequence when he gets his passport and they mm. blank out the year on the date. Interesting. Passport, so you can't... Well, count. they could have gotten away with anything there because, as we know, in Homecoming, the dates on screen were not accurate. Yes, but I think because of that already, they're trying to be extra careful about not fucking it up again. I appreciate that. I wonder, like, if that was something that was close to... The thing is, they didn't have to do that at all. <laughs> why? Why get well, that close? The thing is, I think that I don't like. I don't think it was meant to be a retcon. I think they just fucked up. Oh no! I'm sorry. I mean the passport thing. Why they didn't even have to show the passport in the trailer? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it kind of went along with the whole thing that they were doing or whatever. But they were smart enough to comb over it with you know a fine tooth comb and. Mm. It says, like, June something to June something, but there's just no year. It just says, like, month, date. Okay. That's funny. I, uh, I, I'm excited for that. I loved Homecoming, and I, I know I'm going to love this. And I very... I, in the teaser, or in the trailer, there's this, this little relationship going on between Aunt May and Happy. And I want to explore that a little bit more. I want to see where well, that the, goes. What do you, the funny thing was, I saw something on Twitter this morning. And it said something along the lines of, new still of... Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, something about teaser announcement, but I didn't see it. it. There wasn't a link to a video or anything. And then I scrolled down and like three or four tweets past that, it was like someone just tweeted, happy Aunt May are going to fuck. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what now? So I went online, like, I went on like Google, like search like the trailer. It's like, oh, it just dropped like 12 minutes ago. And I was like, Oh, so apparently I'm not the first person seeing it. A bunch of other people are seeing this, That's great. this video. I didn't even know we were getting it today. Like usually, yeah. I usually I kind of hint to you that I know when they're coming because I keep an eye on these sorts of things for us for the show. Mm -hmm. um, so it's rare that it surprises me like this for something that like I'm actively looking for. You know yep. what I mean? I I um, absolutely love that they dro they've been dropping these things so quickly. And yes. out of the blue, like it's just it's so exciting. If they they know they know about that anticipation. Yes. I know. Well, I'm also surprised they didn't tie it to something the way they've tied... Like, they tied Captain Marvel to the national championship and they released it on ESPN, like, during the halftime show of the game because they know there's going to be a ton of eyes then um, and they want to draw extra eyes during the halftime. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't tie this to something as well. They ESPN, tied it to my or last DC week or work. ABC or whatever. It was... They did it for me. They could have put it on The Bachelor. <laughs> no, not, that I, not that I would have watched. It. <laughs> but that's... Like, I've been hearing that that just started last week, so, like, it's in the Twitter sphere, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I was hoping that if I just let you keep rambling, at some point you would say something that you're upset about on that specific show. I'd be like, you do watch it. <laughs> Though I did hear an interview with the guy who's The Bachelor, because apparently he played college football and very, very briefly the NFL. And I heard him, I guess he was friends with someone who does a NFL and college football draft 
like podcast. Okay. I listened to that and he went on the show with them because I guess they're a fan of the show, like The Bachelor. So I did hear about it, but it was like a week before the show started. So that was the reason I knew it was coming up. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right. I'll, I'll let this one slip. <laughs> no, I did not watch. <laughs> awesome. So anyway, if you haven't seen that trailer, check it out. I don't think there's anything super spoiler in it. I, um, I, they did a good job of making me not hate Jake Gyllenhaal, as in they got me so excited before showing him that I still had a giant smile on my face. So that was a, that was a fun conversation today. <laughs> you want to read that to the folks? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I <laughs> sent him. I texted Anthony to tell him that it was that the. Uh, I, I guess I sent you the link of the actual trailer yourself, and you just dropped me like a text dump of like all the stuff, like you know. Like, a couple things. Hell yeah, you know, or fuck yeah, rather, sorry. Uh, the score, uh, surprise, third Wait, thing. I'm just going to pause there for a second. The way that they did the score in the trailer was amazing. Yes, it was good. Spider-Man. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and uh, and you're like, no idea what's going to happen. And then you said, they did a good job. I was so excited. By the time I saw Jake, I didn't want to throw up. And then you immediately followed it up. I don't know why I'm so unnecessarily mean towards him. <laughs> 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 and I said really you're towards him that I am towards Ben Affleck and with less cause to be. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, never mind. That's accurate. <laughs> it's just, it really, I don't have any reason to be this rude towards him. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could not like him. Like, it's fine. Yeah. If you don't, I, I'm not really particularly a fan of him either. Um, it's just, I, I'm confused why you have that level of anger that you have at him. I, I don't know. Like, 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 because you've never mentioned to me, like, a role. Like, I've mentioned to you roles of Ben yeah. Affleck that I hate and why I feel like I have just cause to dislike him so much. You know, I've never, I, you've just been like, Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, like never like a thing about him or a no. role or anything. Like, I got nothing. I, I have no idea what it is. You know, that scene in Mr. Deeds when he said, when he introduces his friends to crazy eyes and he goes, these are my friends. That's Chuck. And this is Cecil. And he goes, and uh, crazy eyes says, I don't, I like, don't him. like him. Yeah. That's, <laughs> For whatever reason, I feel like that's what's going on here, and it's just it's just inappropriate and unnecessary. <laughs> even though I've seen that movie a few times, I don't I wouldn't have like necessarily even remember that, except that I literally just watched that clip yesterday. That's great. <laughs> because the Jets just hired a new head coach and they did their press conference yesterday, and he has fucking crazy eyes. Not crazy <laughs> eyes like crazy eyes from Mr. Deeds. His eyes are not cross-eyed or reverse cross-eyed because they were like pointing in two yeah. opposite directions. Um like, they just, like, like he, like, when he, like, focuses on something, his eyes just get fucking huge. And he's, like, looking around, and it looks like he's just perpetually on, like, I don't know, crystal meth or something? Like, I, I don't understand. So good. And, like, he became a meme, like, 12 seconds after his press conference yesterday. So, I like, people were, like, coming up with all different sorts of jokes, some of which were clever, most of which were not. Um, and one of the things that everyone seemed to finally settle on was that he was crazy eyes from... Amazing. Mr. Deeds. So That's, I looked up like, I love it. like a super cut of all of his scenes from the movie. So go watch that teaser. That uh, Are they calling that a trailer? That's a trailer. It That's a full like trailer. It's a full trailer. Go watch that trailer and then follow that up with another teaser for Game of Thrones. Did yes. you see the Game of Thrones teaser? That was a teaser. That uh, was yeah. a legit teaser. That was like content that will not be in the show teaser. Yes. Because uh, the thing is, I was talking about this with Dominic recently. When, they, when HBO, right after the new year, they, HBO did their teaser of what's to come this year and like they had a whole bunch of stuff and it had the first actual footage from the new season and it's the scene of Danny and John 
showing up to Winterfell and Sansa saying to her, Winterfell is yours, and she looks like she's not too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dominic's like, okay, I need a trailer now. So I sent him that, and he goes, but it's not a real trailer. I was like, so this is how it works. You get a teaser. Yep. Then you'll get a trailer. It'll Correct. probably be a few more weeks from now. The show isn't actually back until literally almost exactly three months from the moment we're saying this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, plus or minus a day, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no, it's like, it's a, like it's obviously you don't expect that extensive of a teaser because it was like two minutes long for something that is literally no show footage. <laughs> it's a little, a little odd. Right. That being said, cool. Yeah, it was it was cool. It got me excited, and then it immediately got me angry. And I shared a sentiment with you that you, I believe you said your brother had the same sentiment, which is you are done with this. This is finished. Give it to me now. Yes, <laughs> I want the thing. You have the thing, and you're just being mean. You're just <laughs> holding on to it. No, but the thing is, what they're doing. Yeah, I know they want me to watch True Detective, and I will. But give me Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's ready. Yeah, no, but the thing that they're doing is the next show's ready too. <laughs> They understand. No, they just announced the cast list. They haven't even started shooting yet. The thing is, they are mastering the anticipation. They are mm. giving you the anticipation. Okay, that's that's fair. And they are giving... They, I, I am excited to, to check out um, True Detective in the meantime while I wait. At least that'll... That's some high quality, not TV, it's HBO, to watch. Hopefully it's good, because I, as I said to you earlier, it gets one episode to hook me. Which is, it's it's a tough ask, because it's basically like it's a new show starting again, because they have to earn back your trust. Right, but it's only eight episodes. So. Oh, is it? I'm. Oh, wait. Yes. I think so. I'm not sure, because. I think HBO, it's eight episodes. But those types of shows on HBO, it's typically 10 or 13. Just give me one. You're going to have to hook. Well, the only reason they'll have to hook me with the one is because they failed so miserably on the last one. Mm. And uh, I've already wasted some time with that one. And I, I, never actually, I never actually watched that season. Yeah, uh, I, I watched. I loved, the f- I loved the first one. I, the season I was watching it from day one when it debuted. I was like, it was one of those ones where they they gave me a trailer. I was like, sold. I'm on board. That looks cool. Yeah. Watched it all concurrently with when it was airing. So like, good. I, that was a great ah, season. Of man. Television. Every once in a while, I will see twigs in a weird arrangement on someone's lawn in my backyard, and I'll just whisper to Kim. <laughs> and it's terrifying <laughs> and I probably shouldn't do it because I think it scares her uh, but that that, I imagine it might, that yeah. show was really good and the second one I watched the first episode it wasn't good shame on them then I watched the second episode or half of it wasn't good shame on me now we're done and <laughs> now that the new season is out I will watch one episode and that's that is when they'll have to hook me and that's not I'm not saying two if they dropped two episodes the first day I'm watching well, should, one of you those. Watch, you should watch what's available right now. One? And if it hooks me, I will watch the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. It's got that Mahershala. You know I love him. More on him later. More on him later. <laughs> uh, continuing um, on with the T. Te- oh, sorry. Well, I was, no, I was going to say, I was going to seamlessly transition because we're so good at this now on our 74th episode. Um, it was a good week for trailers because also yesterday or today uh this the first full trailer for the new season of billions uh dropped which got so excited because i forgot that that's so imminent because i love that show so very much Um, it feels like it's a show that i would like yes no there's it's a show that everyone should like because there's enough smart things going on to keep your interest um Mm -hmm. but it's also 
very aware that it's kind of a dumb show overall, but dumb in a good way because they I appreciate that they recognize it. You know what I mean? Like like they lean into it. It at times it is essentially like WWE. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like they embrace it and they clean it up a bit. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. a little bit more polished than that. Um, it's just fun. Like yeah. I. And it's a great cast. It's an A-list cast doing B-minus list material. And they you can see they're having fun with it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I feel like, um, yeah, that would be a right up my alley. At the end of every hour, I am entertained. Okay. I'm entertained more on some hours than others, but I have never watched an episode and been dissatisfied with the experience. That like, it's good. just, is that, it entertains me every episode. Is that HBO? Uh, it is Showtime. Showtime. Okay. Okay. Cool. Was that a an orca? Just now that I heard. <laughs> no, that was a bar stool chair. Oh, okay, got it. Long <laughs> tile upstairs. Perfect. Um, do you have more trailers? I have one more. Um, I have a teaser. Give me the teaser. Uh, so when I saw. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I got a te- Toy Story 4 teaser. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, although, I will say, at first, I was a little disappointed because I thought that they didn't have Jordan Peele doing one of the two voices. It didn't sound like him to me for some reason. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Did you get a different teaser than I got? What was the teaser you got? The teaser I have is them all in a circle. No, no, I saw that one a few weeks ago. <gasps> there's uh, another one? <laughs> there's another one. That's and exciting. It's, it's two little stuffed animals like at like a carnival game, okay. which I guess is going to play into into the movie itself. And I guess these two characters are going to be new characters in the movie, and I had not heard of these casting. It's two little stuffed animals in front of like a game, some sort of like throwing like you like throw it at like the milk bottles yeah, or yeah. that. Um and it's they're voiced by Keegan Michael Key and Jordan oh, Peele, God. and they're reprising their role as the valets. Oh no! <laughs> it's and they're talking about Toy Story Four coming out. That's even amazing. Even though they're two little stuffed animals. But the thing is, I immediately recognized it was Keegan Michael Key. I didn't recognize the voice. I was like, this doesn't sound like Jordan Peele to me for some reason. That's super upsetting. If like he like couldn't or wouldn't do this with him, because mm. like at first I didn't realize that's the the, the stick that they were doing. So. I thought, I, but then once about like 10, 15 seconds in, I was like, oh, they're doing the valet thing. I was like, that's annoying that that's not Jordan Peele. Because for some reason, it just didn't sound like him. Huh. Me, or at least not him when he did that specific role. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, they do the, the whole thing where like that, obviously they didn't say shit, but you know, that's my shit. Like that yeah. whole stick with the valet's oh, talking about was, different like those movies. Gets... And then at the end of it, I, the best part is it like finishes up with the two of them doing... I forget. I think it's Keegan Michael Keys. I think he plays like a, he's a little duck. Um, he the, the, he's doing like the catch line, you know, to infinity and beyond. Mm-hmm. But he says it wrong. It's like to infinity and uh, to infinity and the bomb or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, "What? That doesn't make any sense. That's not what he says." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And then he says something else. And then they just keep getting more and more ridiculous and farther and farther from what the it's actual so phrase is. And, like, they're just constantly riffing on it. Like, they each do, like, four or five of them. And then Woody and Buzz come and, like, onto the screen. And then they, like, they, they finish it up with the four of them on, like, Toy Story 4, like, awesome. coming. I I need to see that. That sounds amazing. I will say, uh, on the topic of Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, if you've 
ever watched the show or heard of the show Hot Ones on YouTube. It's a it's like a, a quick web series where uh, the gentleman eats hot wings with the guest and does an interview. And if they make it through all the hot wings, they can plug something. You need to watch the one I've with Key and Peele. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. The it was the, when they did when Key and Peele did. It, I think it was for I believe Keanu was coming out. Oh uh, okay. And it was it was so funny. Uh, you gotta you gotta check that out. But oh you my know, god, I, I have to watch I, that. I don't think I ever saw that whole movie. I think I saw the first half of that. Movie. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, do you have any more teasers or trailers? Uh, nope. That's the last. Okay, of those. I've got one. Okay. Um, which I actually saw while I was prepping my notes, just hours ago. <laughs> nice. John Wick, three. Fuck! I forgot. Wait, I saw it, that. I saw that it came out. I didn't it's, see it. It's not out. Oh. It is a teaser, to the teaser. for the trailer, <laughs> oh. and it's it comes out Thursday. <laughs> uh, I I saw like like a headline and it said John Wick three motion poster and teaser trailer released and I was like oh I have but I didn't have the time to look it up at that moment I was like I gotta circle back and look that up later when I have a minute and I forgot. We will I have didn't to watch that. It was we'll... a teaser. They said teaser trailer. I didn't realize it was a teaser to a trailer. Right. We'll we'll have to watch that for next week's episode. But I was just I saw like oh, it was just like a quick clip of it, and I was like, "Yep, that's that's more of what I like." <laughs> Let's watch that movie. Um, but I was. Just, is this the world we live in now? What teasers for trailers? I mean, this it's is, like that's not, that's not the first time that's happened. It's that's, like that's the trailer, before. but it's like days before. <laughs> it's like two no, days. No, I, I have seen out. that before. I'm struggling to think of an example of it right now because I don't think I've seen one super recently, but I've seen that before in the last couple of years. All right, but still ridiculous. I'm very excited about that. That was that was not. I don't think that was on my list of movies that I mentioned last week that were coming out in 2019. No, we didn't do a very comprehensive list because no. we did it. We came up with that idea moments before we did it. Yeah, it was it was very quick. Anyway, that's one that I'm very much looking forward to. Tell um, me about tell me about a TV antenna. Okay, <laughs> so. As you know, uh, I, I do sometimes not... pay attention to the rundown, even though I frequently tell you I don't listen to what you say. <laughs> I do not have cable television, um, and I've when it comes to award season, it gets very difficult for me to watch the award shows. I imagine I've missed one so far. I did not get to see the Critics' Choice Awards, and I was kind of oh, bummed I about forgot, it. I forgot you guys watched like all of them. Well, we watched all just, of them. I just watch the Oscars outside of. Uh, a couple weeks ago when the Golden Globes were on yep. because they were on right after a football game that I was watching. Yeah. So I watched the opening like monologue. It was Andy Samberg and um, Sandra Oh mm-hmm. together and that opening monologue was vaguely entertaining. Uh, yeah, I didn't I did, get to see I, that. I didn't watch the rest of the show. I just watched that. So that actually is what... Uh, so the Golden Globes, we tried to watch that and you know we have a couple of folks over. We're watching it. Uh, well, set it up to watch... It all looked like it was going to be good. It said that you're going to be able to stream it on NBC. So we have the app up and running. We're ready to go. Um, it force quits and blacks out as soon as the show starts. And I was like, fuck you. Like, well, this you better is... figure it out because I'm assuming I'm coming for the Oscars again? Uh, yeah. It, well, that's where this, this that's where our tale begins. <laughs> okay. So, so that, was, that was frustrating. Uh, then I went online, you know, tried to find a couple of streams, was having no such luck. Realized there were a couple services that I have not done free trials for yet. Did <laughs> one so that I can get NBC. Got that going. Watched it that way. I was very, very annoyed by this. Uh, that forced me to miss the opening, which is my favorite part. 
of the award show is that opening. Um, they're usually very funny. But uh, I was I was very annoyed by that. And I was like, by the time the Oscars comes around, I'm going to have my antenna hooked up so that we could just watch it like over over the air. It's The thing is, it is free. So it bothers me that it's this difficult <laughs> for me to get. Anyway, re- regardless. All I have to do is hook up an antenna, right? Right. What, so, why an antenna, though? This isn't 1985. Because I'm not going to pay for cable. Okay. So... So you're going to hook up bunny ears? No. No. God, if only it were so simple. Uh, so what? So the <laughs> Critics' Choice Awards came, and it was on the CW. And I was like, oh, okay, CW has an app. They're usually pretty good about this stuff. Let me try that. Go on they CW. They don't have a live stream. They don't have a live stream of it. But sometimes for an event like that, that is live, you would think they might have. They didn't have it, regardless. No, that's what I'm saying. They don't think they have the support for that on that app. They don't. So <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go ahead and sign into one of these services from somebody else's provider and watch it on their channel. Uh, a lot of the streamings, a lot of the cable companies have um, online streaming services where you could actually tune in, like kind of like PlayStation View or YouTube TV, something like that. Yeah, if you if you want for that thing, we can do it. I have one for DirecTV. Yeah, so. that's great. Doesn't work for this. So they blocked it out. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. No. Well, uh, the reason I'm asking is because I watch live shit all the time on the DirecTV app. Yeah, I I don't know. It wasn't available. So I um, I tried a few different things. I tried Sling, uh, YouTube TV, and uh, Hulu Live. All three of which had CW listed as a channel. And then when I got into the demo... CW was not there as a live channel, but I was able to watch on-demand stuff. And I was like, well, that is just false advertising. <laughs> I got very frustrated. It's probably because you're not using an actual subscription. It's because you're using a trial. No, the trial is, is for five days, and it is supposed to be exactly what the service is. That's how a trial works. Uh, but it didn't work. And they are not available on those particular things, whether it was the day. Because a lot of times... Uh, in the past, what has happened, and NBC has been guilty of this before, is they will black out the stream specifically for a live event. And yeah, and well, those... that's what I was—that's what I was going to ask. Though, I mean, it's, the trials may not work for live events. It may work for live TV, like if you're uh, watching an episode that, of something. But that is also garbage. It's absolute trash, and it's unacceptable. It's a gray area. <laughs> so it's it's trash. So what I ended up doing, so as as I in my frustration. I purchased an attic antenna and a 100-foot coaxial cable, <laughs> and I uh, got it today. And before we joined this call, I was up fiddling around. So at first, I had to put this thing together, which, Jesus Christ, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so many pieces. I did not know what I was signing myself up for. But regardless, it's together, and it's currently sitting in the garage waiting. I'm going to be installing it soon. But I did test it. And to test it, what I did was I... In my frustration, I opened the attic, go up the steps, threw it in the attic, <laughs> attached the cable, came down th- with, like, w- running the wire down the stairs of the attic steps, across, of the, across the hallway of the living room, and attaching it to the TV. And <laughs> Bless her heart, <laughs> Kim asks no questions. <laughs> Which I so, you know, It's good when you can read a, read a room. Now, That's a real life skill. She's watching TV, and I was like, do you mind if I use this for a minute? <laughs> and she just pauses the show and lets me do my thing. <laughs> which I appreciate immensely. Uh, I plug the antenna in. I scan for channels. 
scanning, scanning, scanning. Seven channels, scanning, scanning, scanning. 23 channels, scanning, scanning, scanning. 54 channels, I'm like, what kind of stations am I gonna get from this antenna? Probably not many that you'd like. Right, so uh, it all it, it finishes up and it goes in, I, I'm, I'm flipping through the stations and it starts at two, HD, looks great, let's get CBS, moving on, getting NBC, I'm like, ha, suck it, Golden Globes. <laughs> and moving on, channel seven, it was beautiful HD, great. I'm also getting like the sub-channel, so it's like seven dash one, dash two, dash three, dash four, and there are all sorts of weird things like movies and Ion and all sorts of weird crap. Uh, nine, 13, and I went, Fuck you. Because <laughs> I'm looking no for 11 CW here. For you. <laughs> I'm looking for 11 here. And I am aware that though the signal is medium, it does reach where I live. I am supposed to get it. So I went up into the attic and I started turning it in all sorts of different directions and different areas. I'm pretty sure that my hand is itchy from some of the insulation that's up there. Regardless. Uh... Nothing. No good. So I put it on channel 11 and I started holding it and I'm, I have my head peeking out from the attic looking at the TV and I'm angling the antenna to see if the signal strength will increase for that channel. No luck. So frustrated, throw the remote in my pocket, grab the antenna, storm down the attic steps, put it on the kitchen table facing the kitchen window, channel 11. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? So I'm wondering if there is a place in the attic that I can put it in facing that direction that I will get channel 11, or if I want to watch the CW if I need to bring that to the kitchen table. Well, I mean, considering you don't watch much live TV anymore, a simple solution is you just disassemble it when you don't need it, and then you plop it on the table when you need to watch channel That's 11. That's adorable. I have, there's no way in hell I'm disassembling this thing. <laughs> I mean, just unplugging it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I can do. That I can get on board. Unplug it, wrap it around the antenna, yeah. put it in the, in the closet when you don't need it. You there know is I mean? a specific spot in the living room that I could... I had this other antenna that I tried to do this with. It was one of those flat antennas. Um, it just looks like a piece of paper. And I, I had it plugged into the TV. Kim was trying... Kim wanted to watch a Red Sox game, but it was playing on a local station, so it was blacked out from MLB TV. Let's not get into that. And I... Uh, oh, they must have been playing against the Yankees. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I was frustrated. She was frustrated about that. Couldn't watch it. Uh, so we don't have an antenna. Couldn't tune into the station. And then I was like, okay, so let me plug this you, antenna in. You wouldn't in. have got it with the antenna anyway. Ah, yes, I would have. So here's the deal. Plugged it in. It was on, it was on a broadcast network, a local broadcast network. So I found the station, except I had to hold my hand up very high in one specific Spot of the living room, and we got. Oh, it. Was it a weekend game on Fox? I, yes, I think so. Ah, <laughs> and I got it. Supposed, like you wouldn't have gotten Yes Network then. Like I got it for like five minutes, and then my arm got a little bit tired, and I just adjusted myself ever so slightly, and it just went out. Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, this is this is just unreal. And but in the gap of time that I did get it to air, home run, a home run by the Yankees. <laughs> it, was, it was it was unfortunate. <laughs> Anyway, now I have this antenna. I'm going to be messing around with that uh, at know, some I point. I don't so. do basic cable antenna stuff anymore because I remember, I want to say five years ago, hearing a, a news story that like the federal government was like yeah. creating a law to ban yeah. standard definition. Yeah, it's gone. Cable. It is gone. And I was like, but why? Uh, like, well, this is this is digital. I particularly want it, but like, 
why is it illegal? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's th this is a digital signal going over the air. So that that while the TV tried to scan for those channels, it just wasn't finding anything. It's like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I just remember thinking it was very confusing until I like read about. It. I was like, oh, okay. Like I was like, well, first of all, if you've offered this as a free service to everyone, and you only and every the deal you know going in is you only get twelve channels. Like, first of all, fuck you. And I was like, okay, no, they're gonna they're going to be giving them only HD signals going forward. Right. Okay, fine. Whatever, if that's what makes you happy, go to it. I just understand why it has to, why we literally have to create a law banning right. it. Right. Like, yeah, it seems aggressive. It seems aggressive seems to make the analog signal. Over, like, yeah, it was just like <laughs> over the top. It's like, what's going on with these channels? Like, <laughs> this is. I, I want to know: is there someone? There's got to be someone that was either that was given like a summons or arrested for for still using the signal. <laughs> Some sort of pirate television situation right. where still using the standard depth on, like, you, like, I guess, I mean, I'm sure you guys had it or, or my mom and papa had it, but um, I, I don't remember it being the case with their TV, but I remember when we were still in Vermont, um, right after we moved into our house, after the condo, um, we got my grandparents on my dad's side's old TV that mm. still had the dial. Oh, yeah. Like, someone still has that set-top, like, box. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, which was the worst thing ever. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about this recently. I, I miss my old, the old console television that we had, the one that you sit on the floor and play video games on. And if you need, you realize, oh, somebody was using it for the VCR, so it was on Channel 4, and then you had to put it to Channel 3 to play the game, and when you turn the knob, it was just like... <laughs> Junk. <laughs> it was Channel Three, and then you were good. Like that was ridiculous. The the mechanics behind those TVs were insane. <laughs> yes, I kind of want one. Again, <laughs> uh, I would make that work. Anyway, those are my antenna antics. I'm I'm glad you were paying attention. Um, I've got a quick note for what we're watching because I am watching something different. Okay. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have heard of it. You have... would adore it <laughs> would i find it delightful i think you would find it legitimately delightful it is very very cleverly written and it's uh it's very quick it's just constant delivery of amazing dialogue and it's it's a lot of fun and i yeah, i encourage I you i don't to really watch it. know anything about it but i know that it's like critically acclaimed um because didn't people win golden globes or damn oh, yeah. at least at least they were nominated for it but let less did they win this year? I feel like somebody might have won this year. Last year for sure. But uh, that was... Man, it's, it's a good show. I'm almost... Like, I literally know nothing about it. I just know that I've heard about it a whole bunch of times. It's I didn't know anything about it going in, uh, which is probably what stopped me from watching it multiple times. I just had no idea what it was. Um, but Kim watched one episode, said it was good. I watched it, and now we are one and a half seasons in with half a season to go. So Is that on, is that on Netflix or Hulu? Amazon Prime. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I have that. I should probably try it. Give it, give it, give it a go. Watch, watch, uh, watch one episode. See if you mm -hmm. see if you get hooked. Do the do the pilot test. We've had this whole conversation, but I still don't know anything about it. That's yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell you? I think I think you should go in blind. I think you should go in the way not I would. Even, not even a synopsis. N no, it's not necessary. It because then you, you're kind of wondering where it's going to go, and the uh, this is one of those rare situations where the pilot really sets up the story well. So that you don't have to worry too much about it. You watch the pilot, you understand what the show's about. Okay, that's, and it's that's, uh, usually, that's usually a plus. And it's done. It's done right. And to the first, point where first of all, I literally nothing has ever been so efficient as the pilot for Lovesick. 
Yeah, I was really good. You literally know what the whole show is about. Yeah, in the it's four it feels show. it feels like that. Like boom, chlamydia, call your ex girlfriends. <laughs> right, and we're off. Here's the thing. That <laughs> it's uh, it, the acting is great. I, the like I said, the the writing and the dialogue is fantastic. And Who's in it? Because I know, like, like I've heard, like, there's a claim for the actors and actresses. Like, I'm. Do you remember in House of Cards? Oh, Rachel Brosnahan. Yes, she's in it. She's fantastic. Tony Shalhoub. She played Rachel. In yes, and her name is Rachel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Rachel Brosnahan. Yeah. I was like, I was like, she played Ray Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Tony Shalhoub? 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 Who is fantastic? <laughs> I love that man. I mean, he's a he's a good actor. He's great. He's and like a D-list actor, but he is a legitimately good actor. He is. Okay, in the first season, he is fan friggin tastic. In the second season, <laughs> I love. Oh, him. Alex Alex Borstein. That's funny. Who's that? What's the name of the character? Um, Susie. Oh yeah, she's great. You you know who that is, right? She's the voice of Lois in Family. Yes. Guy. Yeah, I only knew that because I looked it up. I was like, "Who is this?" <laughs> While I was watching it. Oh, Kevin Pollock's in this. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. Give it, give, give it an episode. Wait, Zachary Levi's in this? Levy? I don't know. Uh, is that Chuck? Yes. Yeah, he's... Uh, so far, I've seen him in one episode. Oh, I was going to say, I've been wondering what he's been doing other than getting ready for Shazam. But it seems like he is going to be more important than the one episode he was in, so... Oh, okay. We'll see where that goes. That was the last one I watched. I just... Uh, he's a pretty good actor and seems to have some sort of level of fame after Chuck, so I was just surprised that he's basically not really been in anything that i'm aware of up until he was cast in shazam all right well anyway give that show and give that show an episode circle back let me know what you think let's see if it uh if it lures you in the way lovesick lured me in if it piques my interest yeah let's see let's see um you have something for us um is that is that the end of your news and notes and that's notes? the end of my what we're watching oh okay you still have more i have one final brief nugget uh, oh i i have one final thing too okay um it's more just a curiosity than anything um mm. because there isn't much to go on with it yet but i gave a recommendation for a podcast a while back it was villains mm-hmm. um have, did you listen to all of villains no not yet okay uh, i've been talking with um my cousins mike and dennis who probably listening to this um right now well no <laughs> that was weird um by Friday or Saturday. But when uh, they hear those words, it will be right now. Yes. <laughs> Mind wow, blown. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the three of us had kind of mixed feelings on the show overall. Uh, I really liked the idea. Some of the episodes were quite good. Some of them I could have done without. Um, new podcast that I just started listening to because it literally just sprung up into existence like a week ago. Um, South Beach Sessions. South Um, Beach Sessions? Correct. Okay. It is, uh, for anyone listening who has heard or not heard of the Dan Levitard show on ESPN, it is an offshoot of that show. It is a, it sounds like it's going to be roughly 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, It's basically just an interview once a week with a person. Uh, Some or all of the members of the show will be in the background of (laughs) this show. Uh, It eventually will spawn a whole network of podcasts, I guess. 
Uh, amongst okay. all the people involved with the show and friends of the show. Um, it's literally they're like calling it the Levitard and Friends Network. Nice. Um, and um, so the, the first episode was with Neil Brennan, who worked with The Chappelle Show. Him and like Dave Chappelle are like, I guess, tight. Like, I think he was a writer on that show. Okay. So I'm looking him up because I, I realized I meant to do this before we got started, and I forgot. Um, even though I left myself the note, I just forgot to look him up. Uh, yeah, he was a writer for The Chappelle Show. I think he'd done some writing and maybe a little bit of acting, but I think it's mostly his work has been as a writer. Um, he wrote for The Daily Show for a while. He wrote for The Chappelle Show. Uh, he's written for Saturday Night Live. Um, he's done some stuff with Funny or Die. Um and I think he was involved with Get Him to the Greek in some mm. way. Um, so the, the the first episode was with him. Um, and the second episode is, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's with Adam McKay, who I've heard on their ah. show, on, on the Levitard show, several times. He's a friend of the show. Uh, he's always good when he's on with them. Mm-hmm. It's always entertaining. That was how a couple of weeks ago when I brought up the story of him having the heart attack while shooting Vice, that was where I first heard it. Um, and his, like... It always seems too short. It always feels like like a couple times they've had him come on for multiple segments because they just ran out of time and had so many things to talk about. Okay. Um, and he's just good. Like he's good with them. I haven't even listened to this episode yet. It just dropped today. Um, so I'll probably be listening to it tomorrow when I get a second because I want to listen to it start to finish and it'll be 45-ish in an hour. Oh, the other thing is, you know, they have to do it PG-13-ish on tv and they always end up having to bleep him out because <laughs> he just gets into a role you know what sure. I mean? um so this i think is supposed to be largely not so tightly controlled it's not like a full r on okay. the podcast but kind of a so in that yeah i think they're still it's kind a lowercase of, r <laughs> i think they're also still getting into what the rules are because it's espn associated mm-hmm. disney associated but it's not specifically Disney and ESPN. Okay. It's not on their airwaves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, because even, like, in that first episode, they were literally at times, like, I'm not sure if we're going to have to bleep that out. When you're listening to this, it may be bleeped, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> we're, we're kind of making this up as we go along. I get told one thing, then we start doing it, and then I'm told we're doing something else. Just bear with us, but uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to listening to that because um, a lot of people... Love Dan Levitard himself. A lot of people hate him. Um, I love his show. Um, but the one thing that no one really can question um, factually is he is great at interviewing people. Awesome. That's great, great at it. He I'll brings out I, the I, best of... He brings out the best in it when he's talking to someone um, because he's good at luring them into a false sense of security. Not okay. a false sense. A sense of security. And then getting them to go past the boundaries of where they're ready to go. Okay. That's cool. And it either makes for something that's hysterically bad and awkward or hysterically great and funny or entertaining or interesting. Right. right. Um, and they've interviewed people across all sorts of spectrum of sport, entertainment, politics, um, business, like the music, like the randomest assortment of people you could possibly imagine. So I'm looking forward to this show because of its long form nature. They don't often get to do. Sweet. Yeah, I'd be interested to, to check that out more so to hear hear your thoughts once you actually start listening to it. 
Yeah, I listened to the one with Neil Brennan. I just haven't got a chance to listen to the one with Adam McKay. That Adam McKay is the one I specifically brought up because you and I are friends of yeah. are fans of his work. You're friends with him? <laughs> well, I, sure, it would be fun. I, I'm sure it would be fun. <laughs> to be friends with him. Um, no, we're fans of his work, and I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to us probably are as well. Right. So um, check that awesome. out. When yeah, you uh, I definitely would like to check that out. So uh, I have one last thing, and it was a curiosity more. Uh, are you interested in seeing Bumblebee? Uh, I, I'm not opposed to seeing it. I wouldn't say that I'm super excited or looking forward to it, though okay. I have heard very good things about it. Here's the thing. I had no interest in the movie. I heard lots of good things. Like, lots of good things. And I heard it's the first only good Transformer movie. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, then... James and I went out, we got some food, and then afterwards, like, we were going to play a game. It was like, why don't we... We're passing the movie theater. Let's see if there's anything playing before we go back. And there was a Bumblebee time up in, like, 40 minutes. It was like, oh, let's go check that out. Um, it's... That's wrong. Those statements are all false. Wait, what? The movie is bad. It's a oh. bad movie. That's really not what I've heard. It is not good. At all. It's got no heart. It's got horrible, just horrible writing. It's it's very confusing with what you've already seen and how it's supposed to fit into the timeline. It's that that part of it is interesting. I actually was literally just watching a video last night about that uh, because based on this whole cycle of the production of this movie, no one actually knows exactly where it's supposed to fit. Whether it's a reboot, soft reboot, prequel, sequel, etc., so on. Yeah. Um, uh, it at this exact moment in time, there is no official answer to that question. Which is, I think, kind of lends itself to the half-assed nature of that movie. Which actually, it might be entertaining for us to do. We've talked about recently, we should do a couple of movies that aren't good. Because we tend to talk about the movies that we like. I did yes. not like this movie. I thought okay, it was a I, bad well, I mean, movie. Listen, everyone's welcome to like or not like what yeah. they want as long as your reasoning is justified and rational etc so on um but no the funny thing is uh i've specifically heard from certain like you know uh, well one like i said i was watching this video on it and it was a review of the movie um it by a critic and they said it was good yeah and, and like not just that they enjoyed it but that it was an actually good movie for an action movie uh, more specifically, that it was the first good Transformers movie, um, in both in the quality of the movie itself and the quality of its transposing the material that it's based on. Um, mm -hmm. And that is seconded by the fact that, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, um, there was someone I follow on Twitter who writes a, a webcomic, um, who is, like, the biggest fan of Transformers I've ever known of existing. Like, bigger fan of that than you or I is of Star yeah. Wars or anything else that we're fans of. Um and he said it was good, and not just that it was good, that it was good to the material that, it, again, that it's based on, uh, saying that it, it was the only thing that's come anywhere near being representative of what it's based on. I which, would, for that sort of fan, is quite the stamp of approval. I think I think we are going to have to do this movie then. And I think, because I've, I heard a lot of similar things, and I really want to hear what you think personally after you watch this thing. So... I'm not bearing the lead on my feelings towards it. I thought the movie was trash, but okay. I think it would be a very interesting thing to discuss. 
whether you it's the type if, of thing that i was probably gonna check it out eventually when it made it onto hbo sure. or something um but uh, yeah no i just had no interest in going to see it the thing is if you disagree it will lead to an interesting conversation if you agree it'll lead to us having a lot of fun bashing like and understanding <laughs> like what what we just watched so either way i think it will make for some good content so uh let's let's maybe give that one a go okay all right uh on an entirely other note let's get into a movie that i adored (laughs) spider-man into the spider-verse is our flick of the week and i'm not gonna bury the lead on this one either this movie is fan friggin tastic yes this was actually good um might be hyperbole but it might be the best Spider-Man movie that's been made. It is. That is when I, when the movie ended and the credits rolled. I said those exact words as it came. I was like, I think, I think, this is the best rendition of Spider-Man on screen. And that's with me not really having much of a basis of like backstory and information yeah. to Spider-Man. Like I, I know the gist of his character beat, some of the main characters that have been part of his history. And, you know, some superficial knowledge of those important characters, good and bad. Um, but I was not a big comic book reader. So, I, you know, most of that information I have is stuff that I've picked up along the way. Sure. Some of the stuff from watching some of the animated shows, you know, stuff like that. Um, but and one of the reasons it's so good is because um, while it lovingly pulls from that material, it's also mocking a lot of it, too. Yes. Um, and. That is something that Lord and Miller are really... Maybe they should just keep making animated movies. Mm. Maybe they don't do any other movies. <laughs> just because, animated. Because the Star Wars thing didn't work out for them. Um, although I guess what they did... They did the Jump Street movies too, right? I, I guess so, they, yeah. They did pretty good at that. But uh, other than that, their animated stuff has been the good stuff. Yeah. They did... It was the Lego movie. Yes. Right? They did, they did, did they do Lego Batman? I think they produced it. Produced but it. But I don't think they directed it. And did they, were they both involved in this one, or was it just one of them that was I'm this one? pretty sure they both were involved with it. So here's what's amazing. So I go into, a lot of times uh, when I go into a movie, if, it's, if the movie is, is overly hyped, what I try to do is I try to lower my expectation because I don't believe that it's going to. Oh no, I was wrong. It was actually just Phil Lord. I Phil thought Lord. both of them. Were, That's I thought I... they were. I thought they were both involved because I thought they both did everything together. Like the. Oh my god, I can't remember the names. Uh, the Wachowski, the Wachowskis, or the Farrellys. You All know right. what I mean? Like I thought they just. Although I guess only one of the Farrellys just did Green Book. I don't think it was both of them. So. Um, what I was saying is I don't, uh, when I go into a movie like this, when that's been hyped up, I usually try to lower the bar because I can't imagine that it's going to live up to the ridiculous expectations that people have set. I went into this movie a little bit differently. I, it, because of the way that people were talking about it and the things that people were saying about it, I went into the movie expecting that it wasn't going, I like not lowering the bar. I was expecting not to, not to come out of it really loving it. Okay. And I was, I was very excited to see it though. And when I, to my pleasant surprise, when the movie ended out, that's 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 the line that I said, that pretty much exactly what you just said to, to us here, which is this, like like I said, this might be the best rendition of Spider-Man on screen. It is, the movie's got so much going for it, and that is tough to do 
in an animated movie. And I say that because I know a lot of people will disagree with me. I don't. People don't take animated movies as seriously as they take. I will say it right here now. I don't generally right. take them as seriously as other movies. Right. Uh, I I might start to change my mind on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it also is probably a case by case thing. This is the first animated movie that I watched that, within minutes of it starting, it was no longer even something I was aware of. Um, no, I would say that that's different. I disagree with that for actually a recent example. Um, rewatching A Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, that's true. That was pretty captivating. That movie is not an animated movie, it's a movie. Yeah. Interesting. So where's the line? I mean, the line, it comes down to quality. It's it's just quality of writing. Mm-hmm. So um, is it is that what it is? Is it writing and then delivery of dialogue? I mean, I mean I, it comes down to... It's... it's It always comes down to writing. And it's that's one of those things we've gotten away from. I guess it was the 90s that got away from it, really. Um, like, where they just... They took the they took the torch pass from the eighties action movies that let's keep getting bigger and dumber and bigger and dumber. But the thing is, like a lot of those movies were still had some kernel of good writing to them, mm-hmm. and then eventually they didn't anymore. Not to say all of them, but a lot of them. Right. And we scrubbed that from its place of importance. Uh, it was like, oh, like you can just get anyone. It's, it's about the star power, or it's about the director. Um, and those things are obviously important too. But the thing is, you can get actors who are good or even just pretty good and a director who is pretty good. But if you pair it with excellent writing, and it mm-hmm. could be excellent writing by the director themselves, included in the writing room, um, it's going to carry it. I mean, like, yeah. similar to, like, sporting analogy, like, there's... Oh, like, there's, I mean, like if you talk like football, if you have a great offensive line, it's going to mask deficiencies at quarterback and running back. If you have a slight, if you're going to save on star power of actors, which actually this movie did, it has a great cast. Right, it does. But a lot of this great cast doesn't even have that many lines. Nope. Um, they added up to be greater than the sum of their parts. Um, it's really good writing and direction. Yeah. If you have really good writing and direction you will have a good movie, no matter who you cast in it, as long as they are functionally capable of doing the job. You know what's incredible to me is I feel like writing an animated movie is, you know, is it could be, a, I, I have, uh, this comes from just me, like, just randomly saying this. I have no, there's no grounding in this, in this statement. It seems like it would be easier to write an animated movie with, like, kind of no strings attached, whereas writing for an actual human being on-screen acting might be a little bit more difficult than that. Well, it certainly allows you to go out to the box more, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about some of the things you would have to worry about in a live-action movie. Right. Um, that's can that's where I'm coming from. With take it. more risks. But the thing is, a lot of times they do the inverse because they go cheap on it for the animated movie. And Sure. Um, well, if you're not going outside that box, you're just going to be kind of bored. And it's like, okay, this is just a kid's movie. With removing those barriers might lend itself to to some pretty excellent writing. In this case, absolutely incredible writing. The the counter to that point, though, is I I have no idea. I I have a general idea of what a director is doing when they're directing a live action film. I have no clue 
how a director manages the work of an animated film. <laughs> sure, um, it, it's definitely different because yeah, it's not, you're not putting the camera on and shooting it, yeah. and then going. You know, what I mean, like so it is it's different. so interesting. Um, I mean, like I guess probably the one like most like obvious thing is I think there's probably some interplay between the whole role of writing and directing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it comes down, what it comes down to, I think what the director is doing more of um, is they're working with the audio people on capturing the voice. You know what I mean? Because like, you're going to be included in the art sure. right? We're gonna, hey, we're going to have this scene. We're going to do this thing. Write me up a thing. I watch it animated. Yep, that's how I wanted it to look. Great. Moving on. Um, what it comes down to is we have this writing and you hone that writing and you let it happen and then you give it to your actors and then you listen to them and say no no, no give it to me like this give yeah, it to me like yeah. the same that sort of stuff overlaps exactly with what you would have in real life directing right but yeah mm -hmm. because you're not focusing on the specifics of capturing the cinematography alongside the vocal part of it the vocal aspect right as opposed to where in this one you're you're doing that on its own we're capturing the the vocals of the actor and, and then we're looking at and helping to match it to the animation, right? right? So I guess that's probably part of it too. Is if, especially if you have one like where the character is like talking, to try and match it to the cadence of how it's been animated on screen. Yeah, uh, it's it is pretty cool. It is interesting to think about, and I would love either to read an account or watch a documentary on someone that is very good at doing direction for both live action and animated and the differences in their flow of work while they're doing it it would just be fascinating to me well i guess phil lord would be the right person to ask having right. done the jump street movies and having done this in the lego movie yeah it's it's really it's it's very interesting to me and that being said so we we're talking a little bit about the writing there the the story in this movie is so good it hits so many incredible beats and we're not going to get into those yet that'll be post spoilers but just the, the delivery, the depth of the things going on, the relationships depicted on screen, they're, they're all just so well-crafted. And I, it's, at this point, it's just like, you know, we're like kissing the ass of this movie. But it's, I, there, there, there's something very, very special about it. And I cannot wait to own this thing <laughs> and watch it over and over again. There's, the, the music plays fantastically with the aesthetic. Yes. I think they did an incredible job with that pairing. The aesthetic itself, it's got this weird, like, graffiti style, plus, like, this cell shading, like, it, I don't know what you call it, but it worked, like, it was it was so unique to me. Well, I had heard, like, there was some, like, trepidation that, because it's not your traditional, either, like, C like CGI, like, computer-generated looking animation, or a classic looking animation, or... Like the kind of, I got actually I don't even really have like a word for it. But, you know, it doesn't look like most typical animated like movies do. It doesn't look like the stop motion like claymation type stuff either. Um, which, by the way, can you imagine how long it would take to make that stop motion? Like ten years, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but that people were afraid that it wouldn't resonate or it would turn people off because it doesn't look like how they're used to it, and it's like why like it doesn't matter if it as long as it looks good it doesn't matter if it looks different and it looks good largely yeah it looks incredible <laughs> and honestly being unique and standing out is probably for the better it helps you like poke your head up above the rest of the crowd yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I just, I was blown away. You know what's amazing is every, like, all the characters had depth. There was, there was something, not all. Not necessarily to the detriment, but I would say that um, Spider-Ham, Spider-Noir, and the futuristic one whose name, the girl, I can't remember her name. Mm -hmm. The three of them definitely were more um, support roles as opposed to um, they, Peter Parker and Gwen. They were, but they they play into their background just just enough to make them matter. They do, but meaning that you don't really get much characterization. They mostly play as a couple of yeah. jokes, references. For, for sure. And it was definitely, I mean, that was definitely to, like, would help with the appeal to, like, the younger audience as well. Like, the, the storyline, the writing, that's all for the adults that are there. But mm-hmm. kids are going to love this thing, too. Like, it's, again, the visual stunning, that's, that crosses generations. <laughs> I actually got a kick. The introductions were great. Oh, the Spider-Noir... So introduction is phenomenal wait is he black and white <laughs> wait or how about this wait is he nicholas cage well sure he's that <laughs> that was but i just that, the whole conversation there's so much going on and yet that is all like perfectly like pop 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 like they hit all like the boxes in a row like wait is that all black and white hang on a second the wind is blowing his cape we're in a basement how is that possible he goes, the wind follows me around wherever i can and also it smells like rain. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, you also get Spider-Ham. Yes. Who is John Mulaney. Which, yes. I mean, come on. You gotta love some John Mulaney. Yeah, what was he? He was Peter Porker, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I am I am going to be seeing him live in a few weeks, and I'm very excited about oh, that. Oh, are you going to see him? That's cool. Yes. <laughs> Cannot wait. Love that guy. Uh, but my not guy. Johnny Mathis. Not Johnny Mathis, no. No. John Mulaney. <laughs> um, the, like I had mentioned the music, fantastic. Uh, I, I have a note here, pre-spoilers, that the movie is self-aware. They... More they, than. It's, it almost reminded me of Deadpool sometimes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I definitely got that feeling. And the... Um, <laughs> Especially when they're they're really just trashing on they they trashed on some of the mistakes made with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yeah, the very beginning where they have Spider Man going down the street and doing the emo thing, with, except yes. dressed up as Spider Man, not with the hair flip, and he's, yep. you know, he's snapping his fingers and pointing at people. Slide like they almost did a shot for shot remake, just put him in a spider suit instead of having him wearing black with the with the comb and over like hanging over his face. Like I forget what the what the words were that were being said over that, but it was like. He's like, yep, some things I'm proud of, some things we like... weren't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they they did such a good job with that. And then one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things that they did was as they introduced the different Spider characters and told you a little bit about their origin. They said one more time, yes, <laughs> and yes, that, and just that, because we have so many times seen Spider Man rebooted on screen, that like I wanted to stand up and applaud every time they did that. <laughs> No, it was actually perfect. That I had a note about that too. Like, let's do this one more time, and then I actually like at the very end it was let's do this one last time. Yeah. Um, and like they, each time they spread it up, and then like gets to the point where like they weren't gonna do Penny and Spider Ham and Spider Noir, so they just flopped the comic books on yep. the table and just like to the hey yeah, like listen we're doing the thing, and, uh, but then they don't actually do the thing. That was so good. Oh my god, it was so entertaining. Uh, I don't. Uh, should we lift the veil? Or is there anything you want to say pre spoilers? 
Um, the standout of this movie is still Jake Johnson as Nick Miller as Abs- Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Could not I agree mean, with you more. When I saw the first trailer, that was my immediate thought. And it was 100% vindicated in watching the movie. He's literally the exact same character, minus the super weird, like, theories and shit that, like, Nick had. Like, yeah. about, like, Mars and stuff like that. Like, if you just cut that stuff out and just the character himself, like, the man, that was him. Yep. And, like, it had to have been the easiest paycheck Jake Johnson's ever cast. This was like, Spider-Man the Pepperwood Chronicles. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and it was great. Like, it doesn't feel like a retread thing. Like, it no. was perfectly married together like that character with the, the way they they wrote it because it played for some great laughs like you know the, oh, yeah. the whole yeah oh you know he's a little bit overweight yeah we've heard thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's so good actually i want to stick on this topic for one moment but we do have to do this in in spoiler territory so with that we were lifting the veil this movie is fantastic go see it and then come back and listen to the rest of this so with, with that, he, the jokes that he would made, my absolute, this is the one that got me, I, it was so clever and it had me cracking up and I kept thinking about it afterwards and kept laughing at it. He talks about how they're going, he's explaining, um, Nick Miller is explaining the plan to Miles Morales on how they're going to get the information out of the lab. Step one, I'm going to infiltrate the lair. Step two, I'm going to find the head scientist. And then they show him, in his imagination, looking at the head scientist. And he go, Miles says, actually, it's this woman so-and-so. And he goes, huh, okay, step two, I'm going to learn about my personal biases. Step three. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was wonderful. And they played, they played to it again where when she, when she came on screen, even though he acknowledged that he was being biased, he still played to it. As like not even considering it when she when Doc Ock came on screen, and I thought well, that yeah, was brilliant. They, or they did okay. We, we readjusted the personal bias of oh, the lead scientist is actually the woman, right? But then you know, in his universe, you know, it's Doctor Octopus is Otto Octavius, right? Not uh, Ol- Olivia, Olivia Octavius, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which is I that was fantastic. That had me. I was cracking up. The the oh, learned about my personal biases that. I was floored by that. And that's that was like one of those self aware well, things. That's the way you do it where it's not preachy, right? It's right. just a one line, it's just a quick oh, I fucked up, I'll do yeah. better. Like, you know, yeah. it's not a like <laughs> we don't have to like like hang ourselves and like self flagellate. Like it's oh, it's over, I fucked up. Yeah. Oh, we'll do it again. You know what I mean? Like Um and and the, the way that it was real too. Oh, let me guess. They call you doc your friends call you doc doc. No, they call me Liv, but my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That was also excellent. Oh my god! And that's it, though. That's the movie. It's it's tons of that, like tons of little quips. Also, the other moving. the other one that really got me along those lines of, you know, oh my, you know, I'm I'm really sorry about it. Listen, I went through something similar to um, my uh, my uncle died. My uncle Ben. I also had an uncle die. My uncle Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was, it was so... Oh, so here's... Circling back towards the beginning, the first Spider-Man that we hear, which is Chris Pine, apparently, who is talking... Wait, wait. Before we get into that, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. He started talking... <laughs> sorry. I couldn't find... I couldn't get to the mute button. It was behind the computer. <laughs> that was just a disaster. <laughs> um, When he first started talking, I was like, who is this? Because I didn't look up the cast. <laughs> who is and I knew this? I knew some... I knew I knew some people going in. You knew who it was? <laughs> What? Go on. 
I didn't nude. I said I knew. Why do you keep? You said nude at the end of words no, that no. I didn't say them at. You said nude. I said I said here. I didn't say nude. I said new. Noon. Now, now it's the time of day. <laughs> Come on. I knew it was Jake Johnson, um, and I knew a couple other people, uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Marshall Ali. Yeah. Um, going oh, in. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, he's good. Um, even in limited screen time, again with this. Um, yeah. But. I didn't know who was playing the original Peter Parker. So he starts talking. I was like, that really sounds familiar. And then like, it was during his narration. I was like, but I can't really get a like a read on it during the action scene at the super collider. He yells a couple times. I was like, does that Oscar Isaac? Mm. And it wasn't, it was Chris Pine. I was like, that's really weird. It sounded like Oscar Isaac, but you know, you know who was at the end of this movie? <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <Spider> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Now go on with your is, story back to the He was ready to be there. Um, oh, so they, what I thought was really funny, and I mean, this this could be, have been intentional or not. I'm going to, for my own uh, humor, I'm going to assume that it was intentional. They they joked about it early on. The Chris Pine Spider-Man jokes about the whole things that he's not proud of and does the dance, the Spider-Man dance that we mentioned earlier from Spider-Man 3. They kill him. They kill that Spider-Man. And I feel like that that's intentional, that they associated that Spider-Man uh, with the one uh, that did the dance and then they the killed band. him. <laughs> well, I, I, actually, it was a little bit, it was a little bit, like, heartbreaking. And he's like... Oh, yeah. He's, no, no, not just that he died. Like, yes, that, but specifically how it goes down where he comes, he's like, oh, my God, are you okay? He goes, sure, I, I always get up. And it's like, oh, you're not gonna this time. No. Because like it was like that was a whole thing during his back. You know, I've taken some big hits, but I always get back up because my drive to be Spider-Man and to be, you know, was was always was overwhelming. That's what drove me. You know what I mean? Like, and then he says, I, "I'll be fine. I always get up." And I'm like, "But no." no. <laughs> and the way that he goes out. Whew. Yeah. Um. I did have a little problem with how powerful Wilson Fisk was. I understand that his strength is an overwhelming part of his character. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be sh much stronger than the average man. Um, but the fight at the end, um, at one point he is holding a car mm -hmm. above his head and mm -hmm. throws it quite casually. Um, He's very no. strong. <laughs> He's very strong. You're just going to have to... What are you drinking now? What is this? What beer have you moved on to? I know it's not as good as Jack's Abbey. No, uh, but I poured it several minutes ago. Did you? Um, yeah, I cracked it right. Must have been in the zone. Talking about the movie, uh, uh, it's just a New Belgian pet tire. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so I, after I watched it, I went through real quick to see uh, which people I missed. Like mm -hmm. who? Who were the? Because first, well, they flash the names across the screen in the early credits, and when they do that in a movie, they don't show you. They don't line it up with the name of the character. Um, so I went back and I was, I was reading over the, the cast and I noticed the, I noticed Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane and I was like, huh, horribly underutilized <laughs> because I think she's fantastic. Yeah, I guess she didn't, uh, there's a lot of people who didn't get a ton yeah. of lines, uh, to work with. Um, Lily Tomlin as Aunt May though, pretty solid. Also just probably my favorite Aunt May because she's a full on accomplice. Yeah. Like knows what's going on. I've never seen that version of Aunt May. Uh, when they were when they were terrified to actually speak with her, and she was just like, "Yeah, a bunch of other people already did this. Come on." <laughs> no, the thing is, she just she comes out and says, uh, "You're an alternate timeline, yeah, Peter Parker." And at that moment, it's like, "Okay, so she's 
fully aware of who Peter and Spider-Man was. So seeing another Spider-Man, several other Spider-Men show up, brief shock, but she kind of at this point knows to go along with it. We don't know at that moment right. that she's already been met by a bunch of other Spider-Men. <laughs> That's excellent. That so, so much fun. Uh, Haley Seinfeld is Gwen Stacy. Yes. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that after I saw this, I then saw Bumblebee. <laughs> we can discuss that next time. Um, Shamik Moore, is that how you say his name? I assume so. I'm not actually sure. I've never heard of Wow. Him. I thought he was great. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. The I, emotion I, that comes through in that voice acting is palpable. Yeah, I um, yeah, he, he did a good job uh, for someone who had to largely um, carry this movie, and he's quite young. Not as young as, as Miles, but he's um, t- not yet 24 years old. Mm. So I have not seen him in anything, I don't believe. Uh, uh, I'm pulling him up right now. I just scrolled through. I have not seen him in nothing. Man, I it's just everybody was just wonderful in this. Um, yeah, and then we got you know his his dad and his uncle were yep were, uh, Brian Tyree Henry who um is famous for his role on uh, Atlanta. He's Paperboy, I think, um, and Marshall Ali who's becoming very famous the last few years. And we're talking about with True Detective. He's yep. been Oscar. He won an Oscar. He's going to be nominated again, I think, for Green Book. Um. He was great on Hascar. That was what I first saw him on. And that's really his first breakout role um, as Remy Danton. And uh, he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it was, he was like probably the sole redeeming aspect of the first half of the season of, uh, of yep. the first season of Luke Cage. He was, as, he was very good as Cottonmouth. Uh, he was really good. I would, I would rewatch that first half for his performance in it. Yeah, he's really good. It's excellent. Uh we get we we mentioned we get Nick Cage, which is just brooding Nicolas Cage, which is just wonderful. Is there any other type of Nicolas Cage? There's nuts Nicolas Cage. There's like I was the, gonna the, say the there's, wide there's, eyes. Man, there's manic Nicolas yeah. Cage, and there's brooding Nicolas, brooding Nicolas Cage. Nicolas, yeah. I don't know if there's anything other than those two states of being. Nope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it. He exists in one of two states. He's very binary. I've never seen <laughs> the Wicker Man, but I've seen the scene with the bees. <laughs> and that is like the one true avatar of the manic side uh-huh. of this cage. And there's obviously many options for the man- for the brooding version of him. Um, and, well, there's one third aspect. There's Southern Nicholas Cage too, mm. when he's playing Cameron Poe. Uh- <laughs> All right. There's also we got Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. Yes, she was someone I figured out quite early on when she was talking. I was like, is that? What's her name from uh, Step Brothers? And, yeah, uh, I did a. I know you. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Liam Schreiber. An out and out villain like that. What's that? So I've never seen her play an out and out villain like that. No, she 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 did Psycho very well. Yeah, uh, the closest she came to that was on Parks and Rec, but even then, she came become she kind of became like a frenemy. The she's in um she is in Step Brothers, right? Yeah, that's what I said. She the, was uh, the the wife. The of, scene uh, where Adam she Scott. bursts into the men's bathroom and pees <laughs> at the urinal 
I lose it every time because not only because one is just completely outrageous the way that she's acting in that scene, but the absolute horror on John C. Riley's face is that's happening. When she comes up behind him and says like uh, she does her trucker voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, so good. We get Liev Schreiber as Wilson Fisk. Yeah, he did a good job. I, I actually, when he started talking, I was like, I know that voice. But I don't know who it is because he's doing a voice. Yeah. And I, I looked it up. I was like, oh, yep, that totally that makes, makes sense. sense. The, uh, what was interesting, for or all the animation is the only one that seemed like a little bit odd to me. But it worked. It wasn't like, it wasn't jarring. It was just different. Is Well, he just was not shaped like a human being. Right. The drawing of, of Fisk with his head somewhere in his mid-doors. <laughs> because he's so gigantic. Like, I have pretty good-sized shoulders, and his shoulders were like... 5,000 times right. bigger than mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he, you know what he looked like? He looked like a turtle. Yes. His back and shoulders came so far up above his head with zero neck that he looked like like a... Actually, he looked more like a turtle than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look. Yeah. That's oh, my a... God. Actually, no, you know what he looked like? The fifth element? <gasps> yes. The aliens? With the key and the... The Mondo <laughs> That's what he looked like. That's fantastic. That's exactly what it looked like. I love that movie. That's exactly what he was. Oh, Fifth Element. That's that is a that's one that we need to do. Like that's a when we're running out of stuff to do, we'll just do like a a throwback. That's one of them. Hundred oh, percent. That's one of my favorite movies. I love time. that movie it's so a much. Corbin. So the story is within the story. So first things first. The the reiteration of expectations throughout the movie I thought was fantastic. Expectations for yourself expectations for others and expectations that you see others having for you and how that plays out through um he almost for a lot of the times he's always kind of he's putting himself down he doesn't believe in himself and it, it played that scene with his father um when he's tied to the chair oh really good oh <laughs> it's so good yeah, he, he does keep putting himself down putting his you know the whole thing where he he purposely fails the test yeah. And, like, you know, like... Uh, he like 100% that, fails the test? At that moment, it just plays as, okay, it's a pretty obvious, like, cry for help slash, a, like, blatantly obvious ploy to get kicked out. Yeah. Just because he doesn't want to be there. It doesn't necessarily sound self-defeating at that moment. No. It just seems like he just doesn't like being there. Not that he doesn't think he deserves to be there. Um, but, yeah, no, it comes across eventually as, like, oh, he feels unworthy in a lot of aspects of his life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's... What I love, I just love like what he assumes that his father expects of him. What he assumes that everybody around him expects of him. Well, that's just assumption. His father says the reason I pushed yeah. you hard is because I saw such greatness in you. Right. I saw that spark in you, and I want you to let it out. What I love though is the relationship that he has with his uncle. What he, the way he sees his uncle, the inherent expectations that he has towards his uncle because of the person that he thinks he is and then all of that shattering when he realized it, it is interesting that he put his uncle on the pedestal and the uncle was a piece of shit yeah. whereas he puts himself down and he's the one who's worthy of it it's it's fascinating and i just it, it, i feel like there's there's a lot in there that a lot of people can relate to oh definitely um what whether it's you know very heavily or on the same level or you know tangentially but it's it's still the, it's still there there's something in here for everyone uh there's something in all the relationships for everyone the relationship between him and his uncle the relationship between him and his father the 
the adorable, like, romantic relationship that is kind of blooming throughout the movie between him and Gwen. I, I, um, yeah, kind of a tragic, uh, type of thing because it's, you know, from the beginning, it's doomed to never right. crop up to be anything because she can't exist there. Although I guess at the end, Until they the kind end. of teased that there might be, and the funny thing is while I was watching it and, and loving it, I was like, this movie doesn't really need a sequel. Yeah. Like I like honestly almost might be okay if they just decide not to do one because it would have worked so well as a standalone. Yeah. And I just worry about what the repeatability factor is for a movie like this. Sure. Like, what are the chances that you can actually execute on something that... Whenever you try to justify the making of a sequel, you're trying to outdo it. Even though, like, at this point, we really know it's almost... I don't... It's not impossible. It's just so hard. So hard to almost appear impossible to do better the next time around. Mm-hmm. So I'm just good with coming anywhere in the same ballpark as being just as good. Yeah. If you give me something new and different on the theme that you've established, and it's approximate in value to how good the first one is, then I'm good. You've yeah. justified your existence as a sequel. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say this was gimmicky, but it's just such an out there concept with what they actually did that it felt so unique that I don't want them to tarnish it by trying to re- reproduce I, it, it would be hard for us for them to make a sequel that doesn't feel samey yes yeah i get that um I agree although that. if someone's going to do it it would be lord and miller well mm-hmm. i guess it's just lord this time because they did it with the jump street movies right mm-hmm. the first movie i thought that was a movie that could not work i was like this is such a joke i can't believe they're doing it and i loved it and then yeah. they were doing another one and i was like <laughs> it's not gonna be that good like and Honestly, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still quite good. Eric, Until- tell them I'm your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and part of it is again the self-aware. Like they do the joke. The first thing, the first movie is you know talking, joking about reboots. The second one, joking about sequels. You know, just do it like the first time, and then how they're not going to do it like the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if anyone was going to successfully navigate those waters, it would be them. I just worry. Whether Lord doesn't stay involved with the project and leave it in lesser hands. Mm. No, that's. I think that's that's a fair concern. I I I too would be happy with it. Just with this being a one-off, I would have preferred if they didn't do that open communication at the end. Like, just let it let it be. Not everything needs to be a franchise. Uh, Spider-Man already is a franchise. Stop. Yeah. Um, this was a great one-off, full story. It was a full open shut book <laughs> like there was, there was nothing they didn't need to explore anything else they just opened it up at the end for money reasons um which yeah. i understand they're going to do it's just it, it doesn't need it at all see like i'm looking right now even at the lego movie 2 mm-hmm. and lord and miller aren't directing it yeah i saw the trailer for it and i wasn't psyched although i was semi-psyched because i loved the lego movie but they are they are writing. They are okay. credited with screenplay credits. All right. So they are... Good. Wait, Raphael, Raphael Bob Waxberg is involved with it? Who is uh, that? Sorry, for those of you who don't know, I the only reason I know is because it's just a ridiculous name. Um, he is the, the writer, correct, uh, creator, director, whatever, of um, BoJack Horseman. Yeah. He's so good. That show is amazing. I love that show. 
point. As you know, I, I would have to give that show another chance because when I tried watching it originally, I just didn't care for it. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't... I mean, it's. I, I guess it's not for everyone per se um, because a lot of comedies don't get that deep and a lot of shows that get that deep aren't comedies. Um, and on paper, it should, that's a show that really shouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works incredibly well. I that's It's a really good show. <laughs> I, I mean, again... I guess not everyone has to like everything the same way, but yeah. it's it's really good and it cracks me up, even though it also makes me feel super depressed at times. Um, getting back to this movie, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I just was that was a weird uh, rabbit hole, but well, I that's feel like vaguely just that's what we do. We are rabbit holes. Yeah, uh, I did appreciate. Um, I guess again for the support characters, there's all three of them, but specifically the the Spider Noir and Spider Ham. Just the hijinks they get up to during oh, the yeah. course of the movie. Um, the whole thing with him doing the Rubik's Cube. Yes. He's like, and oh, this color I'm going to take this. Okay. <laughs> no, that's what he says. Oh, I'm gonna yes. t- <laughs> yeah, I really didn't expect that because it got really heartfelt. Like, oh, they're all leaving. Like, like, they've, like, created this bond through being the only spider people that they've ever known. Um, and, like, they like got to the point where, like, they genuinely, like, like, what, like Peter B. Parker just sight and scene was like, I will, I will die. For you guys all to live like he's just like i was like actually weirdly morbid for what is admittedly supposed to work for all audiences but still is trended more towards a younger audience mm-hmm. he was really weirdly accepting even reveling in the idea of just not being alive anymore yeah where like not just did he like volunteer to do that but again at the end when he finally gets his like a new li- lease on life again it's just like oh, i'm good i'll go save him and i'll stay and i'll die again it's like yeah. no like you're good. Go. Yeah. It just it, it kind of you know just scratching the surface of depression without getting too deep into it. I thought was was interesting. Sure, I was just surprised by it. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that I yeah, it was weird. Like we got so introspective. Like um, we let like them go. Like Gwen goes, and it's like just like touching. And it's like whatever. And then it's like I'm taking this Rubik's cube with me. And it's like okay, that's kind of funny. And yeah. Then it's, here, take this gigantic cartoon joke hammer, and he says. Don't worry, it'll fit in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> <That was laughs> you know, great. it's a cartoon. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah, you know, and then it's you know, um, you know, and then we get back to touching where she has her little spider, and she says, "Me and my spider are uh, you know thankful for you and this and that." Um, but you know, just like all this, the Rubik's cube. So this is purple. No, blue. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, I just don't get it. That was One day it, will. <laughs> it was so good. And then you see him in his own world and he solves it somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite of the hijinks, the spider pig, or what, spider ham, when they're all on the ceiling in the dorm room and they're shifting around and he goes, the animal's talking to you universe because I feel like I'm really going to freak him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, am I too cartoony for you now? <laughs> <laughs> After they're like comboing, I mean, like he's getting like the old school like, bam, what like the, like the old school yep. Spy, uh, not Spider-Man, the old school uh, Batman, like the Adam West Batman like TV you know, stuff, and then he comes out with the fucking huge the wooden mallet, and he's smacking him around with the wooden mallet, the they... yeah, combos going on, the fight sequences for you know because it's an animated movie, they get to do some wild shit with that, yeah, really great. The 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 usage of the on-screen onomatopoeia throughout everything because like. And text boxes. Yeah, and they do it, they did it so well because they also, they use standard comic book rules of like, 
this is a thought, so they put the bubbles up, or like they did the yellow box when it's a narration, narration of the character, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. I think one of my favorites is that they didn't, they never overdid it, which was amazing. Yes, because it would just kind of like filter in in the background, and like there was yeah. like the occasional like point, like point to it and joke about it, but then it was just like it wasn't every scene, but it would but, pop up. Yeah, you know, like the, the occasional nothing transitions, like yeah, at were, the same time, you know, <laughs> they're running down this, there's running down the street at one point, and someone's heel goes in a puddle and it just says splash like but very very small like it's almost it's you almost don't even notice it and it's completely unnecessary but for whatever reason it adds so much to what they're doing there was a lot of those little things that while i was watching it i was like shit i really wish i could notate that to bring it up yeah but there was so many of them by the time the movie was done that like i just could not collect them like i would need to re-watch it with the exclusive like goal of just collating all of those things to include here because there was a whole lot of those things that i really wanted to, to bring to this yeah that there was just no way i could get in the moment and write down because i do try to occasionally put down the a couple of notes during the movie mm-hmm. and i was just like there's no way i'm going to get to this and be able to watch what's going on because yep. it's moving so quickly 15 minutes into the movie i had the same feeling of like oh my god there are so many things that just happened that when we do our show, I want to talk about. Like, I just want to I pause this movie, but I'm in a theater, so I can't. Right. I also, I can't focus on these right now, because this movie's so good, I need to enjoy the rest of this. And, and also, like, that whole fight scene at the end, twice in the past calendar year, I have felt like I had an acid trip from what I was watching and listening to on screen. The first time was the uh, end sequence. Well, uh, so the end sequence, but then especially the end credits for Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And then again, this, once the, the whole multiverse thing opened up and was just in yep. full effect like honestly like i don't know how you watch that movie high yeah <laughs> without like melting your own brain for sure i yes i would agree with that uh what was, while we were talking while you were talking about like individual things that happened that you wish you could remember something popped into my mind and that was back at the lab when the when spider-man is stuck well when miles is stuck to the ceiling and he can't let go and he tells him he's he's trying, you know explains him to kind of just like clear his mind like let go. What do you do to relax? And he starts singing the song from the beginning, that song that he doesn't know the lyrics to. Yes. And that they played that back three times in the movie. They did the opening, middle, and close of the movie with that. Yep. And I, one, that's a great through line. They did have good story beats like that. There was that one, and there's also the one, and it plays it ties into this specific scene you're talking about where he says, "Oh my God, teenagers." Because that yeah. was another one where yeah. it was, she wanted to have kids. I don't think I'm ready for kids, you know? Yeah. And then this man, kids, oh, I can't deal with it. And then at the end, during the fight scene, he was yeah, like, pretty cool. oh my God, like, I love you, man. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Oh my God, I think I want kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. Then, yeah, just him teaching him, like, doesn't want to teach him, but then when he is teaching him, he was he was thoroughly enjoying it. Like, showing that he would actually be pretty good at it was, was fantastic. Well, another great one because it was such an understated line that gets cut off and it's meant to be was when they're swinging and he's teaching him. He's like, oh, my God, like, actually, I can do this. I can teach him. And he's like, like, I'm so proud of you. He goes, I love you, man. Like, actually, it was weird for him to, like, say I love you so early on for the whole situation. Um, And then like he's like, like, you're doing a great job. He goes, I'm so proud of us. You're doing such a great job learning. I'm doing such a great job teaching. And then, like, like overjoyed as he's doing this, he goes, is there anything you want to say to me? Or... That's so good. With the while they were escaping the the lab, and Miles has the computer 
tower and monitor, and Peter catches up with him, and he goes, well, you don't need this piece. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he goes, well, there's some good news. We don't need the monitor. <laughs> that was so good. Actually, what he, he, oh, he, he reads out the ridiculously long password, and he goes, remember that. <laughs> you don't look a day over 35. <laughs> Oh my Actually, God. all of that sequence, and they did it a couple times with him, but all of that was great where it's him trying to downplay how bad things are mm-hmm. as he's getting his ass whooped. And it's like, why is he so confident? And like, he's this whole thing. Just how, how do you know what to look for? He goes, well, obviously, at the time, when the time comes, I will know what to look for. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, wait, don't you want to get a move on this? He goes, oh, listen, there's always that little window of time where I do my best work, where I just get in and I get the job done. I don't really know how it all works out, but it just does. Like, <laughs> What does he call the the chip that they have the to goober? put? The goober. <laughs> he goes, he gave me this, uh, he gave me this, uh, this uh, control key. He goes, control key, virus key, something key, something key. It's always, always something. something. <laughs> it, I just call them all goobers. They're all the same. <laughs> See, and, and that... Wonder, that was one Later, of those self-aware moments. Someone called him a goober, and then she, someone else calls it a gizmo instead. Yeah, yeah, it's not a gizmo; it's a goober. Yeah, it's not, it's not a goober; it's a gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. The movie is so much fun. I can't wait to watch it again. Yes. Uh, well, the funny thing was how the, the multi, yeah, the, the multiverse. Uh, different people were calling it goobers, like multiple people. Um, or was it the one who at the end was at the the post credit who used the gizmo? Was that what it was? The one with the Oscar. Uh, Spider-Man. I think in the post-credits he calls it a goober. Oh, maybe he called it a goober again. I can't yeah. remember. Um, I love that 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 at the end of all they finish it up with them doing the Spider-Man meme. Yep. This is one of the best memes around, where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. Yeah. But it's a different Spider-Man now. It's the one from it's, I think it's it's um, from the one of Nueva York. It's um, something O'Hara is the name of that actual like there's you know there's Peter Parker and Miles Morales yeah. something O'Hara. I don't remember the name. Um, it's a, I think it's a Spanish first name, and um, it's from like 2099 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is like year or whatever, and I, apparently that's supposed to be a setup that he may be in the next one. If the, I, I think they've already greenlit it, actually. I saw that yeah. after watched the movie. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but that's yeah. Ah, man, what a great movie. Do you have any other notes? No, not really. I, I got most of it there. Um, the, the only other thing was, and I didn't write it down, but I was just thinking about it as I was kind of mentally racking my brain here. But um, I, I, they did a good job of fooling me for the most part, um, but I got it before the reveal happens with the with Uncle Aaron being the Prowler. Oh, I, I guessed that early. Yeah. Um, I... Um, they picked a weird cast outside of Doctor Octopus for other henchmen. Like I don't know if those are established. Like well, Scorpion I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, but Prowler and the other one whose name I never actually caught. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those are like well established ones yeah, or if they were. I'm not familiar ones. with Prowler. Um, and yeah, I don't even know who that other like gray dude was with the with the buzz cut. Yeah. No, I don't, um, I don't know either. I was I was in the same boat. I mean, obviously, Wilson Fisk is one of the big Spider-Man uh, bad guys, and Doctor Octopus is, is obviously one of the most iconic ones as well. Like we've seen it in a couple of different things here, um, and interesting doing a different take on it. It ended up being that there was actually no really one true canon Spider-Man Spider-Verse, right? 
because it seemed like that Peter Parker was going to be the one, but his Dr. Octopus was a woman, mm-hmm. even though he had the, the Fisk that was like the typical Fisk. Um, but it was Peter B. Parker who had the Otto Octavius one, obviously. Right. Yeah, they, they um, blended the storylines enough that no, yeah, like you're saying, no one was the one. Mm-hmm. I like that. Which, yeah, I guess that makes sense, you know, if we're going to kind of... Yeah. The whole nature of this is the blending and how anything can be anything in this. So good. Um, but, That's you know, so I, smart, I, I just find it odd that there was still, like, those two, like, just random-ass henchmen. And also Scorpion, who is, like, a bigger-ish one, I think. But obviously not on the level of, like, a, a Mysterio or... There was a weird... That was a weird Green Goblin. Um, actually, yeah, I guess Green Goblin was a big one, but he kind of gets torched earlier on... Oh, yeah, um, he was gigantic. That was really cool. Um, also, Come on, Norman, as he was throwing around. Yes, that was actually another one that I had under... I didn't write it down, but that was when I was talking about hijinks. He drops the the Looney Tunes anvil on yep. him. Yep. Perfect. Wonderful. Perfect note. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like kind of weird. Like, we, I, I guess it makes sense because with a Mysterio or like a full-on Green Goblin stuff like that, you're going to... Or Venom, you're going to want like a bigger, more like juicier role for those characters. Um, or even like a what's it, what's it, shocker or something mm-hmm. like that, and like, but um, no, I, I thought it was an interesting little uh, like coterie of villains. Yeah, it was it was cool. In in closing, allow me allow me to just share this anecdote with you. Uh, you, I'm I'm really hoping that you remember and we could bond over this, but you may not remember it. Um, I'm hoping at least one person listening will remember this. But back in the day, I had a lot of Spider-Man action figures. Mm-hmm. And I had this Spider-Man playset, and I remember the commercial for it vividly, of like reenacting scenes from the animated series with with action figures in this playset. And it's basically a city street, a couple of buildings on either side, right side, left side. There's like walls that you could break through, and like little things that you can interact with. And the um, what's the uh, what's the the news station called there? The the newspaper is it the the Daily Planet. Daily, is it Planet? Bugle? Daily Bugle. Daily no, Daily Bugle. Planet is Superman. Daily Planet Superman. So yeah, Daily, Daily Bugle. Bugle. The Daily Bugle. And then at the top, there's a water tower. And inside of it, there was like this this green, like basically, remember Nickelodeon Gak? Yes, yes. I remember. I don't think I had it. And I don't even remember you like having it per se, but I remember the commercials for it. Oh my God. I had that thing. And man, I, I loved reenacting my favorite Spider-Man scenes <laughs> with that playset. That was... That was such a treat. And this this movie, this hodgepodge of all these different characters and versions of Spider-Man, it really felt like me playing with my Spider-Man toys. <laughs> like, and it was it was just a lot of fun. I can see that. Um, that's all that I have. Are you <laughs> yeah, good? Yeah, I'm done. All right, awesome. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Olsing. Cheers.